Welcome to the Online Course Master Show, where you'll learn how to create, publish, and promote your own online courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, and with Jeremy Deegan, we're excited to dive into another great topic today, and also moving into sort of the next section of this season of episodes on publishing your course. Today, we're talking about choosing a course platform and both going the self-hosting route or the marketplace route. So two big decisions you have to make right there, and we're going to talk all about it. As always, visit onlinecoursemasters.com for show notes to view the video version of this episode and to see an archive of all our past episodes and guests. While you're listening, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening and make sure to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, really wherever you're listening to this. We truly appreciate that. So Jeremy, welcome back to the show. And I'm excited to dive into this next sort of section of topics. We've done all of the topics that we could think about related to creating your online course. And now it's about publishing it and getting it out there online. So uh, how's it going? Oh, it's going really good. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to start the next section too. If anyone out there uh, has any questions about the first part that we did, which was about creating the course, uh, don't forget to check out the Facebook group, the Online Course Masters group. You can come in and ask questions, or uh, if there's something we didn't cover, feel free to definitely ask us about that, and we'll help you out. Yeah, totally. And yeah, definitely join the Facebook group. Uh, we're here to help. It's pretty amazing how much, how many topics we've covered throughout the <laughs> season so far. If anyone has listened from start to now, it's it's more than a masterclass could basically offer. We've dived into all these topics, and so hopefully it's really helped people out. But I know that there's a lot of listeners who already knew how to create an online course and are more interested in the publishing and the marketing aspect of it. Now, the marketing and promotion, that is coming up in the next section, uh, but we've got about four to five episodes here uh, in the next few weeks that we're going to dive into publishing, including what we're talking about today, and then more tips about putting your course together, the landing page, and things like that, pricing your courses, using free coupons, discounted coupons. And then also we're going to end this with uh, launch day strategies and writing perfect promo announcements, uh, both on Udemy, but also using email as well. So today we're talking about um, choosing a course platform. But I think really the first question is going the self-hosted route versus the marketplace route. So do you want to kind of define those before we talk about the pros and cons of each? Yeah, that sounds good. So the marketplace is generally a place where you are going to upload your content and then the actual platform or the marketplace is going to take care of a lot of the other things for you. So for instance, we talk about Udemy a lot. Uh, I can upload my course to Udemy and they provide a lot of the things such as the hosting, customer support, uh, refunds, transactions, and those things, which are great because I don't have to worry about all that stuff. Now, we call this a marketplace because there's you know thousands of instructors on the platform. And when you go to their site, they're going to show you all the instructors. And you're kind of you know fighting for competition to rank your courses above other people's courses and be sold on that platform. However, they also have a huge student base. So uh, I don't know what the number is now, but however millions of students they have, when you publish your course, you have access to those students. And things, uh, places like Udemy are great because once 
they see that your course is doing good, they'll do other things like Facebook advertising and Google and YouTube advertising. So the marketplace is really designed to help you get your product up onto a place with others and make sales through their platform. Now, when we talk about self-hosting, that's typically you taking your course content and hosting it on your own platform or your own site or blog. Uh, typically, this is done through maybe something like Teachable or Thinkific, which is a software that basically helps you upload your content and keep everything nice and neat in a course format. Uh, however, you can also even uh, do uh, a more detailed self-hosting where you could actually create the site yourself maybe host the videos on another platform like Vimeo and pull them in. But self-hosting just means that you are hosting all that information yourself. And there's pros and cons to each of these, but when you when you self-host, you're going to have to drive the students yourself. You're going to have to take care of things like customer service and refunds. Um, and we'll get into all of these in just a minute. But basically, the marketplace is you think of something like uh, Amazon, where it's a giant place where multiple people are selling their products and you have access to um, the students or the customers. Self-hosting is you're selling your own product on your own site and you are driving the students or the customers to your site to that, buy that product. Yeah, and that's a perfect sort of example, not using online courses, but Amazon is the marketplace or building your own platform. And like you said, there's pros and cons to each and there's ways to actually combine and use both. And that's what I've been doing for a few years now, using both self-hosting and the marketplace technique. And that's the beauty of creating online courses is you have the rights to your course and you could share them and sell them on all kinds of different platforms. There's not really any platforms that I'm on or aware of right now. There might be some, like maybe lynda.com uh, but most of these platforms allow you to basically share your content wherever you want. Uh, they they have a non-exclusive right to it. So let's dive into the pros and cons um, of the marketplace approach first. So for me, when I think about the marketplace, you mentioned that there's an existing audience. And that's kind of like one of the biggest benefits is that the platform already has an audience. There's people already on there willing to pay for online courses. So Udemy now has, I think, over 20 million students. And so that's 20 million people using the platform, searching for topics of courses that they're interested in. And so you don't necessarily have to do any extra work to get those students searching for your classes or get those students on the platform uh, itself. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy for people to launch a course on Udemy and start making money, but I do think it's a lot easier to do to put your course on a place like Udemy and start making money than to put it on your own site and start making money if you don't have an existing audience. So if you yourself are a course creator or if you're some if you are a blogger or a YouTuber or someone else, um if you don't have that big of an audience, maybe using the marketplace technique is great. Um, other marketplaces that I think of are Skillshare. Uh, there's lots of them out there. Actually, we'll, we'll dive into choosing specific ones and talking more about specific ones in just a minute. Um, the other benefit is that it's usually easier to use. It's mm -hmm. maybe somewhat more limited in how you can design your course, how you can design the landing page for your course. But it's, it is really easy to use. You don't have to pay for hosting. You don't have to do any sort of custom web development or design. 
embedding videos or anything like that. It's all there for you. And a lot of these platforms are free to use. So Mm -hmm. Udemy, you don't have to pay anything to get started and to start using it. You can start and create your own online course without any sort of upfront cost. So that's that's another benefit. Um, any other pros that come to mind for using a place like Udemy? You also mentioned like not having to deal with transactions or refunds. That's a big thing too, is like technical difficulties mm-hmm. or tech issues. If you're on a marketplace, it's their, ish, it's their problem. So they have to deal with mm-hmm. it. And usually they have a team dedicated to making sure the platform runs. If you're doing this on your own website, you have to be in charge of all of that. So I would say right. that's definitely another pro. Any other ones? Yeah, there's. Uh, I also think about like tool sets. Um, so for instance, Udemy uh, offers now closed captionings that are mm-hmm. automatically generated. Um, that's kind of a cool feature, you know, for anyone who needs closed captionings. If you had to, if you're self-hosting, you would have to create those yourself and then upload them. Uh, another thing like uh, going along the same thing is Udemy is offering, or they're talking about doing multi-language closed captionings. So they will transcribe your course into other languages and provide those closed captions. I mean, that's really awesome. And to have that done on a self-hosted platform would probably be pretty difficult, you know, to go out and find the person to translate it, make sure it's translated correctly, get the files, upload them, and so forth. Um, But basically, marketplaces are just really good when you don't have an existing audience. So if I am, say I just, you know, found out about online business or about creating courses and I have a skill set, maybe I'm a programmer or a developer and I know that I want to make a course, but I don't have a blog, I don't have a Facebook following or Instagram following or any of that stuff, no podcast, and I'm just starting from absolute ground zero, uh, a marketplace is really great because I can create my course and get it on a platform very quickly and have students finding it you know, like you said, 20 million people uh, have the potential of finding my course very fast. And that is a very powerful thing to have. That's how I started. Uh, Still to this day, I don't have a huge audience, but I do have the ability to post courses on a platform like Udemy and make sales almost immediately because there's already a group of people going to that site for education. And if I have a high quality product and they find it, and they buy it, then you know that's great for me because I already have that audience established on Udemy. I don't have, I don't have to go out there and build that myself. Yeah, and not only are is it a marketplace in the sense that people can go there and search for topics, but these platforms are market marketing people themselves, and so they market our courses for us. So Udemy advertises for pretty much any course that's on the platform they'll retarget people who visit your course landing page on udemy they'll retarget you on facebook Uh, and they'll also do youtube ads for courses and so they'll actually market your course for you because they want to make money too so Mm -hmm. that's like a that's a an amazing benefit from being on these platforms is that you don't have to do any sort of advertising and i know advertising doing like Google ads or Facebook ads, it's really difficult to be profitable. Mm-hmm. And Udemy has an entire team and budget of hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars for this. This is something they mentioned at one of the Udemy live con- uh, conferences I went to a couple years ago. They were talking about how you know, they've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars figuring out how to make money using Facebook ads and Google ads. And that mm-hmm. 
<laughs> when I heard that, it just made me like think, well, for all these people, individuals who are trying to make money with Google ads or Facebook ads, it's going to be really, really hard. And yep. I don't have that money, time, or the skill or the desire to learn how to do that myself. And so letting a platform like Udemy do that for us, I'm, I'm completely fine with that. So yep. there's lots of benefits to marketplaces, um, but there are also some cons. Uh, any first ones that come to your mind? Um, the first one is you have... Uh, less control for the most part. I mean, you do have control over things like your course image, you know, most of the content you put on there, um, your copy and things of that nature. But whenever you enter a platform, they're going to have a rule set that you need to abide by. And that rule set can be different things. It can be the pricing strategy. So, uh, you know, on Udemy, they say you can't have a course that's under $10 or they've changed a couple times. I don't always keep track, but like over $300. At one time, they came in and said, you can't have a course under $50. They made that change, and then they changed it again. So you're subject to their rules and their mm -hmm. regulations. Another one that pops out to me about rules that I've always thought about is they might not want certain things on their platform. So uh, imagine that you are a, you know, a gun owner, and you want to teach people how to properly handle and shoot a gun. Uh, that might be a great course for a lot of people, but Udemy specifically will not allow that on their on their website. Mm -hmm. So there are things that are going to restrict you and keep you from doing some of the things that you might want to do. Again, you talked about not having control over the landing page. You can write the copy and you can put a course image up, but their landing page is static and it looks like every other course landing page on their platform, they're all the same. Uh, when you self-host, you have the ability to create your own landing page, how you see fit. You might want to have five videos or you might want to have images and text. Those are the kinds of things that you're not going to have control over on a platform or a marketplace. Um, you're just going to have to go by uh, what they want you to do. So yeah. what are some other, other cons about marketplaces that you, you've seen? Well, that made me just think of another one is just the fact that when you you are on a marketplace like Udemy, you're competing with other instructors and they have it set up so that even on your course landing page, they're going to be advertising or promoting other courses from other course creators because it'll say, okay, these are related courses. And I actually think that that can benefit you as a course creator because your courses are going to be on other course landing pages as well and udb knows that people buy multiple courses so if you teach photoshop and your a student is looking for a photoshop course they might buy three to four photoshop courses so it's not necessarily a bad thing in the overall grand scheme of things or in your total revenue you might make more money from it but you are competing with other course creators compared to if you are self-hosting if it's on your website it's your content and no matter what people buy on your your site, it's going to be yours and you'll, you'll make revenue from it. And so it's really easy on a marketplace for someone to click off of your course to another course compared to if you're self-hosting. Um, mm -hmm. I think the other thing is the access to students. The communication tools that we have on each of these platforms are very limited in how what we can do and how we can use it. For example, none of these platforms really give us access to student email addresses, which mm -hmm. is, 
you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing for the student. But for us as course creators, it means we can't get in touch directly with the student. We have to go through the communication tools that, for example, Udemy has, which they allow us to do some promotions, but you only get like two promotional announcements per month per course. And again, that's probably a good thing because you don't want to be promoting every week to your students. They're going to be bombarded by that and they're going to unsubscribe or stop buying your courses or whatever. But there is that limit. There's you know limits to what you can say or what you can send to people. For example, a great strategy would be to be emailing your email list awesome, amazing educational content, but also on that same website page or in that YouTube video, you promote a course or something that's related to that content. But on Udemy, if it's, if you are, if it's obvious that there's a promotion on that course, on that website page or in that YouTube video, then that's not going to be allowed and you can get strikes. And eventually if you get multiple strikes, you can get kicked off the platform or suspended Mm -hmm. or your, or your, Announcement rules can be suspended. So I think that the communication um, limits and just the access to students is one downside as well. Um, and and you, you hit on another topic there is you're also at the mercy of the platform and the fact that they could ban you, kick you off, they could shut down. I mean, I don't really see you to me going anywhere. But if you've built your whole business around you to me and then one day they come in and say, sorry, guys, we're going bankrupt. We're closing down. That's going to leave you high and dry. And like you said, if you don't have access to the emails of those students and you've spent all your, you know, all your time and effort into Udemy and then they close down and you don't have emails, you don't have an audience or anything you know, where's that going to leave you? So you do want to be careful with that. And that's why I know you teach in the master class that you want to, you know, diversify, you know, have multiple platforms that you're putting your courses on. Don't just stick them on one place, but try multiple places. So you always have a little bit everywhere. So uh, you are at the mercy of that platform. Yeah. And just to pe- for people listening, we are going to go through a list of all the course platforms that I'm currently on and Jeremy are, is on right um, at the end of this episode. But before we get into that, uh, let's talk about the pros and cons of self-hosting. And a lot of it is kind of just the opposite of the pros and cons right. of the marketplace technique. I'll run through some of my pros for self-hosting and then I'll let you add any but basically with self-hosting you have more control you have control over what type of content you can put not only in terms of the topic like you said which you might be limited on some of these marketplaces but also on Udemy I think I forget what the rule is but it's like 70% of your content has to be video content or something like that or maybe like on Skillshare for a while they were kind of pretty strictly limiting like how long a course could be same with Udemy it has to be at least 30 minutes of video content or something like that so you can do whatever you want if you're self-hosting and it doesn't have to be video it could be all audio it could be all text it could be all slides it could be whatever you want you can also charge more or less uh, but also I think not only can can you set the market price or the list price as higher I think you're able to actually charge more and make more per course sale with your uh, your self-hosted courses. And I think we can dive into that a little bit more. Of course, you have more access to your students and you can message your students pretty much however you want. You get access to their email addresses 
And you have that safeguard, like Jeremy mentioned, of if a platform disappears, you can still connect with your audience. And it's even like with Teachable or using Thinkific, or there's other platforms out there, like uh, Learn Dash is a WordPress plugin. There's Kajabi, I think people use for courses. There's all kinds of different platforms out there. But even even we're calling those self-hosted Technically, some people might argue it's not self-hosted because you're not actually paying for the video hosting on Amazon or whatever. You're not building out the website yourself, but you still have all the access to your students and the email list, which you should be backing up every so often. So if Teachable does disappear, for example, then you can build your course platform somewhere else and you still have your, your student list so that you can let people know how to re-access the content but um any more pros that you think of for self-hosting yeah i mean uh, also you know we are in the business of creating courses um one of the reasons why we do this of course is to help people reach an international audience and and let people educate themselves on things that we can teach but we are are also in a business, which means we want to be profitable. We want to make money so that we can keep doing this and keep providing that education. And one thing, one pro about self-hosting is that you're going to keep um, a higher percentage of the revenue. Mm -hmm. So when you go on a platform like, say, Udemy, you are dividing a percentage of how much you are making with Udemy because Udemy has to pay for all that stuff. They have to pay for the customer service and the advertising and marketing and all those things. When you sell Host, one of the pros is that you are keeping a higher percentage. Um, you're going to pay fees, like say if you use Teachable, you're going to pay a fee to use that platform, but it's significantly less than you would pay out toward a site like Udemy. So you're going to keep a higher percentage of the money that you actually make, which you know is a nice thing because you can use that money to then you know grow your own email list or do marketing or advertising or what have you. So you're just going to have more control overall, and like you said, uh, the ability to uh, access those students and, and talk to them um, is, is one of, I think, one of the biggest things. Being able to have an email where you can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a student is, is very powerful. So there's, other, there's a couple more things that come to mind. I'm actually looking at some of the features that, for example, Teachable offers that I use and things that I've uh, benefited from. One is like instant payouts. So you can set up your own custom payment gateway through something like st using Stripe, stripe.com. And that means you'll get paid instantly when someone buys a course. With Udemy, you have to wait basically two months or a month and a half uh, before you can get paid because there is the 30-day money-back guarantee that they offer. Mm -hmm. And so they have to wait until 30 days after the course sale to actually be able to pay you. So you get paid once a month on Udemy. And I, to me, that's not a huge issue. But for some people, getting instant payouts might be a good, a good thing. Other things is just like integrating with other tools and platforms. With Teachable, you can integrate with all kinds of email marketing tools. So I integrate with ConvertKit, which means I can set up email sequences where someone enrolls in a class and then they'll automatically get an email sequence that helps them out or takes the, mm -hmm. you know, walks them through the course content. Um, with, uh, and then obviously with um, using like Teachable or Thinkific and self hosting, it's all branded your own brand. And so you're not basically promoting anyone else's brand when you are self hosting. Um, 
you get also different things like you can pay different options for payments. You can do subscriptions. You could do payment plans, all kinds of stuff. And and I guess that's something that I mentioned was just this ability to charge more uh, on Udemy or on you know if with Skillshare you're not even charging per course. It's a membership that someone pays for on Skillshare that's really affordable. I don't I don't even know what the price is now. Is it twelve dollars a month or something like that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, with uh, your own. With, um, you know, Teachable or Thinkific, you can charge $20 for a course, $50, $100, $1,000, for a course. And people do that. And people make a lot of money from it. And the truth is that a lot of our courses that we put on Udemy are worth more than the 10 to $15 that they are sold for. But that's just the marketplace price. And it, the marketplace di- dictates the price of the course. And when it's a global marketplace based on the premise of we're going to give everyone in the world access, easy access to education, that means prices are going to be really, really affordable for people. Um, but that affordability means that you're not making as much per course sale as you might be able to, to on your own platform. So lots of pros for self-hosting. What are some cons uh, that you see for self-hosting, both for people who are just getting started or maybe even for people who who have an existing audience? Why would someone want to not use self-hosting or go the marketplace route if you have an existing audience? Yeah, well, you know, like you said, or like we said at the beginning, the audience is going to be one of the biggest ones. If you don't have an audience and you go upload your course to say Teachable and you sit there and then you hear crickets because no one's coming to your course, you have to go out and get those people. So it's going to take probably a little more time and effort to uh, do some content marketing strategies or some advertising to get people into your course. And then you have to go through the whole process of uh, trial and error, you know, finding out what works, what doesn't work, what went wrong. Um, People aren't finding my course and I'm using advertising on Facebook. Is it because of the image I use, the copy I wrote? Should I send them to a webinar first? So there's all these questions that pop up that you have to get these people into your course and you need to find a way to do that. Um, If you already have an audience uh, and then maybe you're doing something like, like advertising, you might be funneling more money into um, the advertising. So you might keep more of the money uh, from a higher price point and more of the percentage of self-hosting, but then you might actually be spending a lot of money because you're trying things like advertising. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, advertising is a lot of trial and error. You have to run multiple campaigns and, and change out little things at a time to see what works, and you can spend that money very quickly. So um, you could go through that where, you know, when you're on a marketplace, like you said, on Udemy, they have an advertising team that spends hundreds of thousands of dollars. They know what works and what doesn't work. They've already got the copy figured out and the images and the branding and everything to get people to buy courses. If you don't know that and you're starting out and you have to learn that, you could spend a lot of money very quickly trying to figure out how to do something like advertising. So uh, those are a couple off the top of my head. What are some that you think of? I mean, I think, I guess this is more of like a reason why someone who has an existing audience might choose the marketplace 
so kind of a con to self-hosting if you already have an audience. And that's the fact that you can still make a lot of money from marketplaces and having that existing audience will benefit you when you launch a course because we know that courses that when you launch them that get initial students, make initial sales, get a lot of initial reviews, those are the ones that are going to start ranking faster. And you might have an audience that's large enough to actually rank your course in that top search results page for your topic. And if you can do that, you can make lots of money and you might make more money than even self-hosting uh, even at a higher price. So I think that's one benefit of using the marketplace technique if you have an existing audience. But I think like you said, it's just a lot of work. Um, there's a lot of trial and error. It's, I mean, the main con is that you're not going to be able to make sales automatically on with self-hosting unless you have an audience. And so there's, I mean, I'm not going to say there's a 0% chance. Maybe someone can randomly go to your website <laughs> and find your course, but you're going to have to do the social media marketing, the content marketing, maybe advertising to get people onto your website. And it's a lot more work to make those sales. So a lot of pros and cons. I guess this next kind of segment of this episode is okay so we've laid out the pros and cons so how do we choose a specific platform um so we can talk about the different platforms for marketing the marketing platforms and then choosing between self-hosting um you wrote down pricing platform specialty what what's that about so the the first one I, I wrote was pricing strategy. So this mm-hmm. is basically just how is the platform um, charging? How are you making money? So we, Udemy and Skillshare are the two ones that I use mostly. I, f- I feel like they give you the most success and there's some other smaller platforms um, that do pretty good too. But I always use these two because they're, they're two very good platforms and they're completely different. So Udemy has a pretty general pricing strategy. The course is ten to three hundred dollars, uh, anywhere in between. I think at five dollar increments is what you can sell it at, and then you get you know half a per, uh, half of whatever the course makes, and Udemy gets the other half. So it's pretty cut and dry. Um, and then they do some discounting. Um, you know, they'll discount the courses to ten, fifteen, twenty dollars, and have sales all throughout the year. Now, Skillshare is different because it's a membership uh, site, so people pay a monthly fee, and they have access to all the courses um, on that platform. And then you make money based on how many minutes are watched from your individual course. All the money that Skillshare makes goes into a bucket. They divide out the percentage, and then you get a percentage based on how many minutes have been watched. So you want to look at the pricing strategy of the course platform. I've never used a site like you know Linda or Plural Site, but you know they might have a different pricing strategy based on what they do. So that's one thing you want to check out. The other thing that I wrote down here was platform specialty. And this is, you might want to do a little research and see what sells really well or Mm. does really well on that particular platform or marketplace. So using the Udemy and Skillshare examples again, both platforms, you can do just about anything. You can do programming, design, photography, personal development, business, 
uh, yoga, meditation, music. You can do that on both platforms, but each platform kind of has uh, their own niche or specialty that they cater to a little better than the other platforms. On Udemy, it's typically going to be business, uh, development, photography, and like graphic design. Those those really do really well. And there's a couple more personal development, but like the programming courses on Udemy are amazing. Like people make tons and tons of money doing development courses and you know graphic design and photography. Uh, on Skillshare, they they like more of a craft DIY type course. So you mm -hmm. see a lot of you see more things like. Uh, doing watercoloring, doing sewing and knitting and things of that nature. So they both have their own kind of specialties that they cater a little more to. Now, you can do a programming course on Skillshare, but it might not have the same kind of traction as doing a watercoloring course. Mm -hmm. You can do a watercoloring course on Udemy, but it's not going to have the same traction as doing a JavaScript course. So when you're you're doing your research on the different platforms, you kind of want to look at those platforms and say, what are they kind of, what's their specialty? What are they aiming at, you know, and helping. And I feel like these platforms are growing and, you know, Udemy is adding more categories and subcategories, but they, they just have their things that they do cater to. And that's why I wrote platform specialty down. Yeah, I like that. And I think that's important, especially when you're starting out, deciding how you want to spend your time or where you want to spend your time and effort, putting your course on the platform and, and working to promote that course on the platform ultimately you could put your courses on both platforms and you might make money from both platforms. But if you have a programming course, it might be worth your time, better worth your time to spend effort promoting and growing that course on Udemy versus Skillshare. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, you put time into just launching it and publishing it on Skillshare, but just leave it there and you don't have to do much work. Uh, of course, Skillshare would want you to spend a lot of time and effort on Skillshare growing your course. But as a course creator, you kind of have to decide where you spend your time. Mm -hmm. um, ultimately, I think like picking, putting it on Udemy is a no brainer and mm -hmm. just putting on Udemy, seeing how it goes and no matter what the topic is, is a no brainer. Skillshare, I still think it's worth putting it up there. At least for me, mm -hmm. I've seen that I've had consistent revenue from Skillshare for the past few years, and it's I, it's not much more ex extra work for me. Mm -hmm. There are some other platforms that I just want to mention that I put my courses on, and if there's any extras that you've made money from, you can feel free to add the, them. Um, one is Stack Social, or well, Stack Social is sort of the overall brand, and they it's more of like a deal site where they put together packages of courses. Those courses are, are actually hosted on their own site called Stack Skills, which it's actually just based off of Teachable. So if you use Teachable, it'll be easy for you to understand how to upload a course there. But Stack Social is the one that makes me the most money outside of Udemy and Skillshare. That being said, you do have to do a little bit of extra work to get your courses on there. It's not just like putting your course on there and it's going to automatically be included in their promotions. You have to reach out to them. They have to have a bundle that is is in need of a course uh, that you teach. But if you can get your course in a bundle on Stack Social, that has been really good for me. Skill Success is a smaller platform, but it's one that has been up and down. I actually had a 
a month where I made over a thousand dollars on skill success last year. Now it's, it's decreased a bit, but every month I still get a paycheck from them. Uh, same with of course, of course.co.uk is a UK based site. Um, again, just making a couple hundred dollars on that site a month, but it's been consistent. Um, let's see what other ones that I'm using right now. Um, there's some smaller ones like that are more specific to the um, my type of courses. So that's something I would check out too. There are different platforms that just do programming courses, that just do photo courses, that just do really any type of course. So see if there's a platform that that's like that for you. For me, there's one called Photo Woe. I've mentioned this a lot in the past, um, but that one has added a few of my courses on there. CyberU.com is one that um, it's taken them a long time to actually get started, but lately they've been making some sales, so that's good. Uh, let's see, what else? Then there's like these new ones, and I guess that's my next uh, point is there's going to be a lot of new small platforms that you might see. If you're an online course creator, you're on Udemy you'll probably start getting emails from platforms from all around the world, from people who are just getting started out. And so you might have to decide, should I spend the time or effort putting my course on these platforms? And is it worth it? Or could it potentially be detrimental to the sale of my course on other platforms? And so you kind of have to weigh all of those pros and cons. I usually stay away from adding my courses to random websites that don't have any proof of sales. So what I usually do is when someone emails me, I have a canned response ready to go in in Gmail that just says, thank you for reaching out. Can you please provide a little bit of extra information so that I can decide whether make a good decision? And I usually ask like, what, where is your audience? So who is your audience and who are you promoting to? How much are courses being sold on your platform? Because I don't want my courses to be sold for two to three dollars on a platform um, that may, you know, maybe in India or another country where that's, there are platforms that sell courses for that cheap in other places of the world. But I don't want to eat into the income that I could make from Udemy, who also sells courses to the audience that might pay that price. Mm -hmm. Um, So how much are you paying the course for? Um, Also, what, uh, what are the average what are the top instructors making or how much are the top instructors on the platform making currently? Because that also shows me like, okay, what's the kind of upper limit of how much I could hope to make from this platform. If people are making thousands of dollars, that's a good sign. If people, Mm -hmm. if they come back to me and say, Oh, well, we're just getting started out, then that's a bad sign. So I would stay away from platforms like that. The other thing, though, too, is I kind of experiment a little bit more than a lot of other instructors. And so you can always kind of pay attention to the Online Course Masters group, uh, Facebook group, or the emails that I send out to where I tell people what platforms are working. So you might Mm -hmm. see me on a different platform than you're on. And I always feel free to just send me a message or post in the Facebook group to see if that platform is working for me. Like right now I'm testing out a couple new ones. One's called iStudy. Um, the Eduonic, Eduonics is an is actually an Indian platform uh, that has a big audience in India. So that, that one could potentially be good. But uh, I'm always experimenting. So 
I know that was kind of a long ramble, but are there any other well, platforms you mention? No, but and I would say, like you said, it's good that you're experimenting and and we can kind of uh, circumvent our experimentation by talking to you and finding out what's working and, and not working. One thing that I always think about is I have to weigh my time to see what is the benefit of, of publishing to another course marketplace. Yeah. Um, it might only take me, you know, say two hours maybe less to get all my content up onto another platform. But is that two hours going to pay off on that platform or would that two hours be better spent recreating an, another course for you to me? Yeah. So I always kind of have that balance in my mind. Like, you know, if I go, if I have a course and I have to upload it to Skillshare and it's a 10 hour course and I got to upload all those videos and do all the titles and all the descriptions and the summary and create a project and reshoot videos for Skillshare because I shot the video for you to me and so forth. Um, can I, I spend that time maybe, you know, creating a better course on, on you to me versus, you know, setting it up on another platform. So it's great that you're experimenting for us. Yeah. <laughs> and we can just ask you what's working and not working. I mean, I notice uh, in the master class, you know, in your income reports, you have a lot of these listed out. You've actually talked about some of the platforms and how much you've made on them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a great little cheat sheet because I can go on there and say, Phil's made this much money. These are the top four platforms. Maybe I just focus on those for now until uh, he tells me something else is working better. Yeah, totally. And it, that brings up a couple good points is like one thing i'll also ask is will the platform help me get my courses on there and a lot of these new platforms actually will if you have the con your course content on cloud storage like google drive or dropbox they'll take that and build your course for you and yeah. so that's a really like easy way to get your course on another platform and another thing i do is i usually just start with a couple courses just to see how it goes before i spend the effort putting all 20, 30, 40, 50 courses of mine up on these platforms. I just want to have a proof of concept. But if one course is up there and it starts making a little bit money of money, then to me, that's proof of concept. And I'll start to add more courses on these other platforms. Right. Uh, but like you said, you have to decide where you spend your time. And, uh, and some people might say, you know, it's better to just focus on one platform. And that's a valid argument as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, Udemy is really the place to get started. I would say Skillshare is the next. And then I would start thinking about uh, self-hosting. And so there's not really much to say in terms of which platform is the best for self-hosting. The two that we always talk about are Teachable and Thinkific. If you look at their site, the pricing and the plans are very similar. Both of them have plans that you can get started for free where you can start uploading your course content and uh, you can basically just start building out your course site. And I would suggest doing that. Get started, get your courses up there before you start. Uh, once you start making sales or once you really want to launch, then maybe consider upgrading to one of their more um, advanced uh their plan pricing plans because they do give you extra content or extra options when you do upgrade such as having a custom domain using coupon codes integrating with email marketing tools which you don't get with the free plans but with teachable and thinkific their basic plans start around 40 to 50 dollars and then uh, they go up from there to more professional plans that 
are around $100. Um, and even some more advanced plans that are around $300 that would allow you to have multiple authors um, where you can actually build your own sort of marketplace with a lot of different authors on your own platform, which which is kind of cool too if you want want that. Uh, are you building out on Teachable or Thinkific right now? Uh, Teachable is where I'm going to host my courses. And I've gone back and forth. I mean, this is really going to come down to a little bit of research on on your part um, listening to this. Is You're going to just want to go to the sites and see what the payment plans are because you're going to have to pay a little fee to um, you know use their software. Um, and then you're also going to just want to look at the features and see what's going to be beneficial to you. One might one platform might allow you to drip out content, but you might not need that. So uh, if you're spending extra money for dripped content, but you're not going to use it, then maybe you can use an, another one. I think Teachable and Thinkific are pretty big ones in in the uh, online space. Um, they seem to have really good customer service. Their stuff uh, works really well. Um, there are some other ones, but I think you're just going to want to go in there and kind of see what the different benefits and features of those are. At one point, I had a Excel sheet. This was like a year ago where I was actually tracking those things. And it, they're very small differences. It's not like uh, I'm not going to come out and say only use Teachable. It's the best platform in the world because it's not true. Thinkific has some stuff Teachable doesn't have and vice versa. So yeah. you'll just want to do a little bit of up- upfront research to kind of find out what's going to work best for you. And I found that um, the the two the two platforms, they are kind of neck and neck with coming out with new features. So if one comes out with a feature, the other one might come out with that feature later on. The other thing I would mention is to really calculate the when it's going to be worth it to you to upgrade from one plan to the next. For example, on Teachable, the free plan, it's free, but you actually have to pay... Ten, they take 10% of each sale plus $1.00. So that that can add up quickly and it could make it worth it to upgrade to the basic plan, which they take 5% and that's it per course. And then the professional plan, if you upgrade to that plan, which is $100 a month uh, or $99 a month, they don't take any transaction fees. And so if you make around $1,000 a month, it's actually worth it to upgrade to that professional plan, not only monetarily, but also because you get all of those extra features. So I'm not exactly sure when like the breaking point is for upgrading from free to basic, but it's it's not that um it's not that much you don't have to make that much to make it worth it to upgrade to the basic plan. So definitely check that out as well. Yeah, and also take a look at Kajabi. You mentioned that one earlier. Um, I've never used it myself or looked into it, but I've I have seen a lot of people posting in various Facebook groups that they are happy with that platform also. So yeah. Kajabi K A J A B I is another one you might want to look at. I don't have any experience in it, but I have seen people saying that it, it works really good too. I just noticed that um, Teachable has a live chat feature with the professional plan, which I ha- I'm on, which is awesome. I haven't even tested that out. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) Um, Cool. Yeah. So there's lots of different things and features for all of these different platforms. Um, But at the end of the day, pick one. It's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Don't spend too much time trying to decide because it really doesn't matter. Um, The student won't really care as long as you have your courses up there. Um, 
I, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Uh, is there anything else I think that, you know, any tips or things that people should take into account when they're choosing a platform or choosing marketing versus self-hosting? No, and, and I'll, I'll propose a question to you because this is a question that I think people get um, asked a lot. I'm sure you get asked this a lot is if you have your course on you say you to me and then you also should you self-host it also mm. or should you not self-host it because you don't want people you know if you say you put it on a self-hosting platform for a hundred bucks and you have it on Udemy, and Udemy does a discount and sale for ten or fifteen, twenty dollars. I know that's a big contention for people because they say, "Oh well, you know, why am I going to spend a hundred bucks when I can get it for ten dollars on Udemy?" Yeah. Um, but then you also take into the fact that Udemy does advertising. So when people ask you this question, should I put my uh, course self-hosted and on Udemy and Skillshare and these other marketplaces? What's your answer? What do you usually say? Oh yeah, that's a great question to kind of wrap up everything from this episode episode. I personally put my courses on both. And for a while, I struggled with how do I sell courses on either Udemy or on my own site, especially with that pricing issue. And so what I figured the best way for me to differentiate the two is that when I self-host my courses, really the offer that I have is I've created a membership site or a membership bundle, which you can do with Teachable or Thinkific, where people are paying a monthly fee of $9. So it's a really good deal, similar to Skillshare, but um, better, uh, better price. And it's just all of my courses. And so if people want that sort of all you can eat buffet style learning where you can take any of my courses, I'm going to tell you, join my membership program. It's $9. And if you want to buy an individual course, you can get it on Udemy. Now, if you go to my site, videoschoolonline.com, and you go to my courses page, if you click through the links there, you'll get my courses on Udemy for $15. I think that's a great price. I don't want to go cheaper than that from my own site for all time at all times because I want to be able to have a bigger discount when I launch a a course or when I have a special discount. So when I do those sort of special promotions, I'll launch at $10 or $12 or something like that. Um, But I think that's the way that I've figured out how to differentiate the two. But the thing with that is too, is that I'm making the conscious decision that I'm sending people from my website to Udemy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people aren't going to do that. And a lot of people think that why would you send people to Udemy when you can just send them to your self-hosted courses? But I know that there's a benefit to do that. And the more people and the more traffic that I send to Udemy, the better the courses are going to do on Udemy. And Mm -hmm. ultimately that has worked for me. And maybe if I would have just sent traffic to my own site, that would, that would be better. But from my tests, it kind of ends up being about even, um, and, and so that's also a decision you have to make. If you have a website and you aren't sending traffic to Udemy, I wouldn't worry too much about sending your, your traffic to a course on your own site where the price is different. At least the, the list price is different or the sales price is different. Yes. On Udemy, they're going to be discounting. Um, people can go on Udemy and find courses for 10 to $20 at all times. But I have 
maybe once or twice in my entire career as an online course creator the past six years gotten messages from students who were confused or upset that that were like hey i bought your course on your site or i'm wondering about buying your course on your site but i see it on udemy for a lot cheaper why should i why should i buy it on your site that never happens to me and Mm -hmm. i've been doing this for a long time it's something that i think people worry about but it just doesn't really happen and Udemy's big. It's got 20 million students, but it's there's still a lot of people who have never heard of Udemy right. and who might come to your own site and just won't even know that your course is being sold at a cheaper price on Udemy. Part of me feels a little bit maybe bad that that is happening. Like I don't necessarily want people to be paying $100 for a course on my site when they could pay $15 on Udemy to get it. Uh, and that's why on my site, I sell my courses or I send people to courses on Udemy for $15. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not something that I would worry too much much about. Uh, so hopefully that kind of answers your question. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Man, well, this was hopefully a really good educational episode for people. Um, we covered a lot of topics and it's a big topic though. So hopefully people enjoyed this. If you have any specific questions about platforms, about what's working, what's not working, these things change over time. So next year, things might be different. Make sure you let us know. Head over to onlinecoursemasters.com, hit the community button at the top, join the Facebook group and feel free to pop in there with any questions or comments yourself about platforms you're using and you're that are working for you. We'd love to hear that as well. Next week, we're going to be talking more about putting your course together. So this is both for Udemy and off of Udemy, talking about things like choosing categories, um, not so much pricing, but choosing your course URL, um, putting together a landing page, especially if you're self-hosted. I know we've talked about writing out your course copy in a previous episode, but more about what, how do you put together a landing page that works, especially for self-hosting. So that's coming up next week. All right, Jeremy, thanks so much for chatting today and uh, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.